1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today.
2: This podcast was recorded on Rwandery Land. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to the traditional owners of the game Mangrook, without which our game wouldn't exist. This is Footy, actually brought to you by Play On. Hello and welcome back to Footy Actually. My name is Kelro, and I'll be your co-host again this season. In your ears for the second time this year with Season 7 of AFRW. Before we get too into the highlights of Round 1, I want to introduce you to my special co-host this week for this episode, Ashravi. The season of Footy Actually will sound a little bit different. You'll still be stuck with my dulcet tones for the entirety of the season. Um, But we're going to have some rotating hosts to chat all things footy. Aish is a round ball football coach. She's passionate about making social and cultural change through sports, broadcasting and writing, is completing her PhD, and recently uh, has become a premiership player for MCC Football Club. That's um, quite the bio, Aish. Uh, how are you going? How was round one for you?
1: Oh, thanks so much, Kel. I just want to say I'm so excited to be on here and talk footy with you. Excellent. Awesome. Um, Really enjoyed round one. So much like exciting things that happened. Was really struggling to keep up with the round. Well,
2: now that we've got extra games (laughs) to, uh, to manage, that really changed up the schedule. But certainly really good to see all the expansion teams hit the park. Definitely lots to like about that. Um, some really close contested games, a pretty excellent game at Marvel. But let's start with the traditional opener, our Thursday night game that set the scene for season seven, as it usually does. We had Collingwood taking on a fresh young carton outfit under the new lights at Icon Park. This game was also the 50th outing for Blue Darcy Vessio and Pie Jamie Lambert. We love to see it. There's actually a few 50 game milestones this round, so we'll uh, we'll touch on those as we move through it. But the pies are pretty hot from the start. They were pressing forward and at times so furiously that the Blues just looked lost and panicked. Despite that, though, there were some really good patches of footy from the Blues, Um, lots to like about the young side as they continue to build. But at the final siren, it was Collingwood who sang the song and they celebrated an 18-point victory. What did you think of the game, Aish?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great game. Great round one opener, you know, obviously between two clubs that have uh, a lot of tradition behind them. Mm. I felt like Collingwood dominated on the start. They locked their ball in their forward half most of the game, uh, which made life tough for Carlton's defence. So, you know, it was really hard for Carlton to kind of, you know, play the game on their terms.
2: Yeah, there was a few moments I thought where the pressure from Collingwood really caused Carlton to panic and handball into traffic, really limited their game. And we know that Carlton has some really excellent young midfielders. So at times it was a bit frustrating to see that, but when they really let rip and we got to see some brilliant ball movement courtesy of Mim Hill. So yeah, I think maybe a slow start for Carlton, but hopefully enough to settle and help them uh, on their way in the next round. Who are your play on performance for this game?
1: Oh, play on performance. So Jordan Allen was three, uh, Eliza James two, and Imogen Evans one.
2: Yeah, nice. Imogen Evans certainly had a really good debut for Collingwood. For my 3-2-1, I've got three votes to Eliza James. She was definitely responsible for a lot of that forward pressure we talked about earlier uh, with 10 tackles for the night. I've given two votes to Ruby Slasher. She's just continued her really, really good form off the back of last year, moving into that midfield from a rebounding halfback role. On Thursday night, she had 20 disposals and definitely limited some of the game changes, the Blues. And to round out the three, I've given one vote to Lucy McAvoy, who we weren't actually expecting to see until five weeks into the competition due to some shoulder injuries, but uh, in fact was named on the team for round one and managed to tidy 24 disposals and six tackles for the night.
1: That's great. No, great game, great opening game for the season. Didn't let down at all. And great crowd as well.
2: Yeah, speaking of crowds, uh, on Friday night, we had, of course, the grand final rematch between Adelaide and Melbourne in Adelaide, always one that gets a great turnout from the fans there. And after a late venue change, thanks to the inclement weather, the stage was set at Glenelg for that grand final rematch to begin. The deck was hard, you could tell by the bounces, but the intensity was harder and both teams just went absolutely hammer and tong from the open siren. 50-gamer Anne Hatchard was her usual elite best around the contest for Adelaide, but ultimately it wasn't really enough to stop Melbourne, who turned the momentum of this really high-pressure game into their favour, claimed revenge and an 18-point win. What did you think of that one, H?
1: Yeah, I was really excited to watch this game, but yeah, I thought, again, it was pretty tight from the start, but yeah, then I think the D's wanted the game a lot more and were definitely like made the most of their opportunities um, in front of goal. You know, Adelaide was really not as lethal without Erin Phillips. They definitely felt the loss of a few of their star players from last year. So, yes,
2: yeah, so I was really interested to see how this one was going to play out because obviously a few stars drifted away from Adelaide in the offseason. The big one, of course, being Erin Phillips, but she took with her Ange Foley and Justine Mules. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that showdown match uh, when we get to see Port Adelaide take on Adelaide. One matchup I particularly enjoyed in this game Uh, was the one between Randall and Taylor Harris. There was a lot of chat in the commentary that Taylor has openly spoken about this matchup being her kryptonite, really struggles to find rhythm when matching up against a quality defender like Randall. But I thought that Taylor really brought a different level of intensity to the contest. She worked really hard around the ground um, and up forward, obviously doing a little bit more rucking this season as well, so that was quite neat to see. But most impressively, kicked a cracker of a goal off the back of a pack from about 45 metres, so that was pretty great to see. Uh, Who will you play on performer votes for this one?
1: I really enjoyed uh, watching Karen Paxman. I thought she was, you know, always around the ball and she definitely had a lot of impact in terms of some of their scoring opportunities. You know, without her hard fight in and around the ball, uh, Dees may have struggled. And, yeah, Kate Hoare and Eden Zanker were my two and one.
2: Yeah, Kate Hoare, always really, really exciting. Um, She kicked a pretty tidy snap that just dribbled in for a major score. So for this game, I've gone three votes to Eliza West. She was really in and at the contest with 25 disposals and six tackles. Um, pretty crucial cog in the middle for Dees to move the ball into their forward line. I've given two votes to Taylor Harris. Obviously, we mentioned her before. One nice goal, seven hitouts in this new ruck roll and 13 disposals as well. So pretty impressive stuff for her. And, of course, Ash Woodland kicked three massive goals despite being on the losing side. Pretty excited to see where she goes this season, and I don't think she'll be uh, keen to give up that leading goal kicker's title just yet. Yeah. In the first game of our Saturday fixture, the Roos purely outclassed the Suns on the deck at Bunstone Arena in Tassie. In control from start to finish, North Melbourne moved the ball sublimely from the centre circle to the goals and forced Gold Coast to work hard for any score. The Suns opened the books with a behind from Jamie Stanton, but had to wait till the back end of the game to register a major via Kalinda Howarth. In comparison, the Roos were commanding with the ball, thanks to their elite midfield, and a tall forward pack that dominated their opposition, winning the match by 26 points. What did you think of this one, Aish?
1: Obviously, the Ruse uh, had a pretty big win, having you know six goals and four behinds. It's quite high scoring, so I think they definitely dominated Gold Coast um, in every aspect.
2: Yeah, I I guess I was hoping for a bit more from the Gold Coast in this game, but we have to also remember that they lost a significant batch of players in the trade season, including that forward line that was being led by Sarah Perkins with Tara Bahana is obviously still there, but without that kind of structure and leadership I think that Perko brings, she's having to do a lot more of the work to bring that together, and it certainly felt like that in this game. They didn't go to sort of right towards the back end of the game, and it wasn't. Um, there was, again, a lot of chat in the commentary about them being in danger of being the lowest ever score, um, but that absolutely wasn't the case. So they really kind of redeemed themselves in that final quarter. Ruse look on, though. <laughs> Yeah. Very, very smooth ball movement. Uh, who will you play on performer votes for this one?
1: Yeah, no, I um, agree. Like, yeah, North were definitely the dominant from the start. Great ball movement. And, yeah, very lethal in the contest and on the scoreboard. Uh, for me, my three votes goes to Emma Carney, 50 games, 18 disposals, which is amazing. Uh, but she was just lethal around the ball. And you could see that she definitely, in terms of her attitude and determination in the field, that was quite evident. And um, I think that really set the tone for the rest of the players. Two goes to Jasmine Gardner and Talia Randall as one. We're actually in complete
2: agreement for this one. <laughs> I've given three votes to Carney. That move into the halfback last year was just really, really strategic and it paid off. I love watching her play and rebound at a halfback and the ground that she makes up and down the field is is really impressive too. It, it, she just keeps getting better and better. I've gone Jazzy Garner, of course, for, for two like you. Um, huge game. We're spoiled for choice with the quality of player at North Melbourne, you know, the likes of Ashfordelle and Jenna Bruton, Jasmine Garner. I feel like she didn't get to have a lot of the limelight or she didn't stand out so much because they're such a high performing side in that sense. So it's nice to see her really hit her straps in this game. And I've given one to Talia Randall who kicked three goals she's never actually kicked three in one game in her career before so that was a new pb for talia but really finding some rhythm in that tall forward role clunking some big marks so i'm looking forward to you know potentially another mark of the year But, yeah, that was probably the one that had the biggest disparity for me in terms of the scoreline and the ability of both sides to move the ball.
1: Yeah. And you can see North are really hungry for it this year, so I think they're a team to watch in the next few games Mm. and this season for sure.
2: Absolutely. In game two for Saturday, we got our second South Australian team in the form of Port Power, of course, and Aaron Phillips led the side out in teal, um, something I guess everyone has been waiting for. It was a good contest with lots to show from each side. Power looked like they had it in the bag. the middle part of the game. They had an unanswered run of goals, but the brilliant work of the West Coast forwards really helped clinch the game from behind with a two-goal win.
1: Yeah, it was an awesome game with Port Surge in that back half. Mm. But yeah, I think West Coast were definitely switched on and really wanted the game a lot more from the get-go.
2: Yeah, it's nice to see a team that's, you know, obviously had a, a huge amount of time whenever I think they've had about 15 players change on the list, but also being the wooden spooner from last year, really good to see them start with a win. I know it was against an expansion. Side, but I think Port will also prove to be a pretty uh, worthy side.
1: Port can take a lot of heart from that, in the sense that they were able to kind of get the game on their terms towards that back end. Mm. Focus on a lot of those uh, strengths and make sure that they're switched on from the very beginning in the next game.
2: Absolutely. Who are you playing on performer votes for this one?
1: So for me, uh, uh, Ashling McCarthy uh, is. My three, uh, Emma Swanson for two, Dowrick for one.
2: In complete agreement here, Ashley McCarthy obviously didn't get to see a lot of her last season, but uh, this season I'm really looking forward to it if this is the standard that she sets. She had 18 disposals, eight tackles, and of course, one really nice, nice goal that helped lift the, the Eagles to the win. Emma Swanson at her best as always with 21 disposals and three tackles. And Abby Dowrick, who's one of the New draftees for Port uh, was extremely impressive with 21 disposals, seven marks and four tackles, uh, and, of course, earn herself the rising star Nom for this week. So a lot to like there. And like you said, I think give it a bit more time. Both these sides look like they're setting out to build this season and, yeah, really exciting to see Port Adelaide on the scene.
1: Yeah, agree.
2: Following that game, we had uh, Gemma Bastiani's, shout-out Gemma, beloved Swans finally took to the field their inaugural women's side, running out to face the Saints on North Sydney Oval. Not the result that they were after, but lots to like about the Sydney outfit. Nick Stevens celebrated 50 games in new colours for the Saints and she kicked the opening goal. And Montana Ham gave us all a bit of a scare when she came off the field after an incident involving her knee. We've since learned that that's been cleared of an ACL injury, so that's really, really good news and hopefully... Her recovery is pretty swift and full because up until that point, she was really impacting the game, certainly looking at home at the elite level. Uh, But in the end, St Kilda burned away for the 29 point win and it was an impressive start for the Stains.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think this was a really special game on and off the field in particular for Sydney. I really enjoyed seeing the, you know, the men's team create that guard of honour, having their family members just, you know, welcoming the team. Ground, I think was really special yeah absolutely But I think that's kind of where the um, a lot of the excitement kind of stalled for Sydney as St Kilda were very dominant in that game Georgia but Tritikos, game high 17 disposals uh, was quite lethal in the midfield and it was really awesome to see Tani White as well gathering 17 touches for the Saints dominating around the ball yeah her move into the
2: midfield last season was another bright spark I think for the Saints Obviously, you know, they had some some pretty big holes for her to fill, so she really stepped up there. Who are you playing performer Votes for this
0: round?
1: For me, I'm going to go with Montana Hand for three votes, mm-hmm. uh, Tani White for two votes, and Tricos for three the one. I've gone
2: for Kate Sheila for my three votes. She had a bit of a quiet season last season, only kicking three goals across the season. She kicked four goals in this opening game. This could be her season as a tall forward for St Kilda, which is really exciting. I've given two votes to Tani White, like I spoke before. Just that move into the midfield, really genius in terms of her footy development. She had 17 touches uh, and 14 tackles. I think I'm double check that, but it seems like a lot. And I've given one vote to Montana Ham. I just think like it's a big ask to debut as the number one draft pick, but uh, she really, really stood up out there. Um, and I'm lo- looking forward to seeing her play the rest of the season, obviously having a bit of recovery time with her, with her knee, but hopefully we'll see her back on the pitch soon. So then following on from that game was a huge game on a big stage for the two other expansion teams in the league. Uh, obviously Hawthorne and and Essendon. They already have a pretty storied rivalry that stems from the VFLW and obviously is reflected in the men's comp as well. The atmosphere at Marvel was electric. I was there. I was about two rows from the boundary, um, sitting on the 50. It was phenomenal. There was 12,000 people. Yep. Plus the contest absolutely didn't disappoint. For about three quarters of the game, the scores were neck and neck and Yep. And then the in the last quarter, the bombers just took advantage of a lapse in the hawk structure and they streamed away with it um, for a 26 point win. Move to Marvel was truly a success. I would like every other game to be scheduled there for the rest of the season. So one on Friday, four on Saturday, four on Sunday. Thanks very much. That'd be great. <laughs> it was just so great to, to hear that really passionate crowd getting around the two new sides.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, Cal. Like, you know, they say, you know, build it and they will come. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was a great move to have it at Marvel and hopefully we can see a lot more games scheduled there because, you know, the players deserve it. They work so hard and they deserve to be playing, you know, on the best field, best facilities. Getting over 12,000 people to a ground is exceptional. Definitely exceeding some of the numbers that we saw at some of the games last season. So Perhaps Mm. maybe if we have it at better stadiums, uh, we'll see, you know, bigger crowds more regularly. And I think,
2: you know, there is a bit of flexibility for finding that nice balance between the love that everyone has for the old suburban grounds, but also, you know, getting to see the development of the skill and experience and football smarts, in a in an environment like Marvel, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a Hawk supporter. So, um, you know, wasn't, I guess, the favoured result.
0: Yes, is my
2: Hawks membership that I have
0: now. <laughs> yes,
2: um, I have three other memberships. Uh, don't laugh at me. I just want everyone to have a good time and play good footy. But, uh, specifically got on board with the Hawks because I was very excited for them to pick up Kate McCarthy and um, obviously Tilly Lucas-Ron. I
1: know. I mean, I think like you know, with all that excitement, I was a little bit disappointed. Probably, you know, in the result. Um, yeah, for sure a little bit more of a tight contest um, throughout the season. But, you know, it was an exciting first game for both sides and the Bombers dominated from the start and were just a better side.
2: Yeah. Who were your player performers for the round?
1: I had uh, Maddie Prisparkas, uh for three votes and mm-hmm. Danny Marshall for two votes. And Paige Scott for one vote. Uh,
2: we're almost on par there. I've also given Maddie Press Parkes uh, three votes. Huge game through the middle, 26 disposals and one beautiful goal. The passion, the jumper grab when she sealed that one. Um, obviously, has been dreaming of playing for for the Dons for a really long time. Uh, I've given two to Bonnie Toogood, who kicked two goals, but like her Ford Craft is unbelievable and I know that we saw that play out last year for the dogs but watching her on Saturday night just felt like it had gone to a whole other level uh just awesome to see just how good she is the separation that she got from her opponents just clunking some awesome marks reading the floor of the ball. can't wait to see more of that and I've given one vote to Paige Scott who when I was in the stands watching this game it's obviously you know different vision from what you get on the broadcast and I was watching and I couldn't quite figure out who she was yeah. I just knew <laughs> I just knew that she was everywhere and was playing like a real bull. She she got the rising star nom this week, which is absolutely deserved. She had 16 disposals, four marks and three tackles. So obviously right in it from the start. Um, And she was a pretty pretty high-rated draft pick that the Dons picked up. Um, So, yeah, can't wait to see her develop at an elite level also. That's going to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, lots of exciting things to see. That team. So, yeah, looking forward to the next round.
2: The Dogs took on the Giants in perfect Melbourne spring weather at Icon Park on Sunday, nabbing the four premiership points thanks to a workhorse engine in the, in the middle and a new pairing of talls up front. It was a bit in the game, there a few fiery clashes, but new Giants coach Cam Bernasconi appears to have really sparked a new attacking game plan in the Giants' side. I was really impressed by that. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the Giants' uh, scoring avenues, so it was really nice to see a lot more connection and a lot of the workload spread across the team in this game. Great midfield battle, lots of exceptional and exciting scoring outlets for both sides. It was really great to see. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed watching this game. It was great to see like Nathan Burke's side you know, really take the lead from the start. And mm. yes, obviously narrowly missing out on finals last year, you can see that they they probably want to make sure that they get as many points as possible. And you know, make finals this year. I think that's yeah. like their intent.
2: Yeah, win games early.
1: Yeah, win games early. And Ellie Blackburn is just amazing. Like she's one, again, one of my uh, like players I love watching. Yeah, she's just so fierce. And it was great to see her uh, match up with the the stars in the mid in Alice Parker. So I really enjoyed watching um, those two go at it throughout the game.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who are you playing on performer votes?
1: Uh, I would say Ellie Blackburn for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. My three, uh, Alice Parker for two, and then Gab Newton for one.
2: We're a little bit mixed up, but essentially in an agreement. (laughs) I've I've given three votes to Alice Parker, um, two votes to Ellie Blackburn. The two of them just went hammer and tongs in the middle. Always love watching that, that matchup. Barker had 25 disposals and six tackles to Ellie Blackburn's 21 disposals and six tackles. Pretty even, really great battle. And Gab Newton for my one because just so great to see her back in the game after a season out, having the double shoulder Rico, really imposing herself as a tall forward for the dogs. I think there's a lot of discussion in the off season about how the dogs were going to fill the gap, obviously with too good moving to Essendon and Huntington, who obviously didn't play for much of the season last year. Uh, moving on to the Giants, but also still recovering from an ACL injury. Gab's really stepped up here, making up for lost time. Great to see two goals. She had also had 12 disposals and nine tackles, which just, you know, immense forward pressure from her. So looking forward to seeing um, what she can do for the rest of the season. Look
1: out. Really exciting. Can't wait
2: so in game eight for the round the lions really stamped their authority on the dockers and they set. i think they kind of sent a warning to the rest of the competition they ran away with the most comprehensive win of the weekend by a huge 49 points uh on baller kathy spark opened the Lions scoring account and it was on from there the home side showcased seven different and arguably dangerous scoring avenues uh freemantle did mounted fight back in the back half of the game. And that was led of course by Captain Haley Miller, but it just fell short in that final term. Um, Brisbane clearly are set on reclaiming that finals title um that they missed out on last season. And it looks like Fremantle's off-season turnover may mean that they are going to have to work a little bit harder um, across the rest of the season if they're seeking to do the same.
1: I think maybe it's like just important to like it's quite impressive like what they're doing. Like they've been so dominant like consistent. Mm. You know?
2: Yeah, oh absolutely. And they their list hasn't really changed. Um they were pretty lucky not to um not to lose too many players in their off season through trade.
1: That speaks volumes for like their culture, you know, staffing, yeah, everything. So
2: who are you play on performer votes for this one, Age?
1: Oh, well, uh I think we got similar votes here with uh, Emily Bates as my three, Ola O'Dwyer with two, and Belle Dawes with one.
2: Absolutely. Like I said, we're, we're in complete agreement here. <laughs> I think Emily Bates has just picked up where she's left off last season. Obviously, a huge season for her. She had 19 disposals, six clearances, and seven tackles in that game. Obviously, that service up to the forward line really helped too with uh, Orla O'Dwyer having 20 disposals and two really classy goals that obviously set, set the... Uh, stage for the rest of the the goals that came through for the Lions Um, and Bell Doors having another good season in the midfield it's pretty hard choice for me between Bell Doors and Ellie Anderson obviously both of them really important for for the Lions midfield Uh, but yeah Doors really just had a great a great game with 18 disposals and five tackles in the middle.
1: Awesome.
2: So our final game for the round took us to GMHBA Stadium where a hot at the footy match played out in perfect conditions another one of those really great stadium games like Marvel. Geelong took on visitors Richmond uh, in an arm wrestle on board before spectator eyes. Plenty of new players and new colours. The game was the lowest scoring of the round, with only three goals kicked across the four quarters. Mere minutes before the final siren, Georgie Presparkis was awarded a free kick. Bit contentious, but it's uh, it's been approved by the AFL since. Um, the free kick just inside the fifty and she broke the Tigers hearts stealing the goal and stealing the win by just 4 points was a real real cracker of a game what do you think of that one age
1: Oh, I absolutely love this game. It was my favourite game of the round. Um, it was a great tight contest, um, even though it was quite low scoring. Richmond were leading for most of the game. Uh, Geelong score within the last minute of the game, especially with Georgie Prasparca. She missed a goal quite early on in the game. So for yeah. her to really kick again, uh, kick that goal and to nail it was, I think, showed a lot of class
2: yeah, absolutely, and that was her second ever goal in the AFLW, having kicked her first one in the in the quarters earlier. Great to see her finally break that barrier down and and hit the scoreboard. I really liked seeing the the new players out on on deck in the new colours. So Grace Egan, obviously in the midfielder with Monconti is a nice compliment there. Also, a uh, few new cats. Obviously, Michaela Bowen has come um, from West Coast. Had a pretty good game with them as well. Uh, but, yeah, just nice to see some good improvement from both of these sides too. Uh, who were you playing performer votes for the round?
1: Well, for me, Georgie Posparkas, um, you know, was the player of the game for me. Um, she, again, like I said, showed a lot of class. And for Geelong to be a down for most of that game and just to always believe and not give up, I think, again, was really awesome to see. Mm. Uh, I think a large part of that was because of Nina Morrison, who I gave my two votes for. And I really enjoyed seeing her play. She's one of my favourite players to watch. uh, So yeah, really enjoyed. Hard to miss that mullet, hey? (laughs) Yeah, very hard to miss that mullet. So, um, but yeah, it was great
2: to see. And then Meg McDonald, my won. Yeah, Meg, she's sitting in the hole in the back. And on a, a number of occasions, when Richmond tried to penetrate their inside 50, she was there, cut it off. And obviously, like you say, the Cats overcome that narrow loss that they suffered quite a lot in the previous season to, to get the win. My play on performer votes. I absolutely agree with you about Georgie Post-Parkus. That was a fantastic showing. Two goals, 16 disposals and eight tackles. Obviously putting the work in and, and hitting the scoreboard, really great to see. Um, I've given two votes to Ella Sheeran so she is the Irish recruit that Richmond picked up uh, in the offseason she's 29 so she's a mature age recruit by AFLW standards she was fantastic in her debut game she had 19 disposals 16 intercepts and four tackles and was just everywhere Uh, nearly kicked a goal. And I've given one vote to Amy McDonald, who continues to be a really, really important cog in, um, in Geelong's midfield. She had a field day with 24 disposals, uh, five marks and seven tackles. So really great to see the Cats starting to build after a few seasons at the bottom of the ladder. So looking forward to seeing um, some more good stuff from them across the season. So before we finish up the pod, what's your game to watch in the next round?
1: I actually think Melbourne and North. At the MCG, excellent.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting one because obviously another big stage, but playing uh, prior to uh, the men's final game between Melbourne and the Swans. So different sort of venue, different sort of setup. Not one that I think AFLW has experienced before, at least in Victoria. I know they've had a couple of men's and women's double headers in WA, but this, you know, new frontier. Which is uh, which is pretty exciting for for the AFLW. So hopefully, uh, lots of fans are able to get around both things.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, being an MCC member, it's, it was actually quite difficult to get tickets for the the men's game, Melbourne v Sydney. So yeah, um, let's just hope all those supporters go down early to watch Melbourne v Kangaroos game.
2: Absolutely, You've got to make the most of both. Of that'll those. be
1: exciting. I think it'll be really awesome contest.
2: Do you know what Th- this game that I'm actually quite nervous about? off the back of watching the Marvel game, it's Essendon-Carlton. Yeah, another, another you know, storied rivalry in the men's competition, coming together for the first time in the women's. I really hope, being a Carlton fan, not just a Hawks member, but also (laughs) a Carlton member, member of the Mim Hill fan club, I really hope that Carlton can settle after that first game and um, have a good hit out against Essendon because watching Essendon on Saturday night I reckon they could do some damage early. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. <laughs> It'll yes. be a good hit out for sure. And that's it from us today. Thanks for joining us to recap all the action from round one of season seven of AFLW. You can catch me on Twitter at row underscore Kel and also at play on radio Melb. And you can catch H at Aish underscore Ravi One. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on footy actually.